This episode is brought to you by the Italian Wine Academy, teaching WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English, right here in Verona, the home of the Italian Wine Podcast. Want to become part of the international wine sector? Need a worldwide recognized certification? Don't know where to start? You can easily complete our courses while you enjoy the fun and excitement of Verona. Make your vacation good value for money by adding a wine certificate to your souvenirs. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education. Welcome to Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps. We have specially created this free content for all our listeners who are studying for wine exams. This has been a journey of development since Stevie Kim discovered Rosie Baker's hand-drawn maps on Instagram through two years of work by our in-house editorial and graphics team, and now the maps are available to purchase in beta form while they undergo the final proofing and editing by our expert advisory board. It's a three-layered project because we know everyone learns differently. We now offer the complete box set of 39 maps, this series of podcasts with the maps narrated by our crack team of wine educators, and finally, the study guide book, which will be published later this year. Our map project is in no way a substitute for the material set out by other educational organizations, but we hope all the wine students out there will find our map project a new, exciting, and useful tool for learning. For more information and to buy the maps, please visit our website at mamajumboshrimp.com. Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Shrimp Wine Study Maps podcast. I'm Jill Gordon-Smith and I'm going to be taking you through map number 27, Takai. We're going to have a look at the wine styles. We'll talk a little bit about the winemaking techniques and the natural and human factors that you'll find in the vineyard and winery that really affect the style of wine. This is a question that's very often asked in WCT Level 3 exams, and this map absolutely gives you a head start in understanding the styles of wine and how to answer a question about Türkei. So where is Türkei? So Türkei is in the northeastern corner of Hungary. It extends from the town of Türkei into the foothills of the Zemplin Mountains towards the Slovakian border, and you'll see the Carpathian Mountains very close by. It has a long-standing reputation for producing premium Botrytis sweet wines, but late harvest sweet wines and dry wines are becoming more and more popular. The climate of Türkei is a moderate continental climate, so it has very warm summers and winters can be very cold, but the region sheltered from the worst of the winds by forested mountain peaks. Vineyards are planted on slopes, which of course helps reduce the risk of winter cold and frost damage. So importantly, there are a couple of rivers here, very important rivers, the Bodrog and the Titsa rivers, and they have a lot of tributaries and they help generate the early morning humidity necessary for the development of noble rot. And these are the styles of wines that Hungary or Türkei is most known for. Rainfall is very low and around half of this falls during the growing season and they're not permitted to irrigate here. Autumns are very warm and dry. They provide the ideal conditions to shrivel the grapes. And those two major rivers, the Titsa and the Bodrog, they meet in the town of Türkei. And the Bodrog floods regularly, so there's lots of marshes and, and water meadows. There's also very moist air in the morning, which gives you fogs in autumn, which is ideal for the development of botrytis. And then you get those lovely warm sunny afternoons that control the development and they limit the bad rot. There are six permitted grape varieties in Türkei, but the most important for the Türkei PDO wines would be ferment, 
Has Levelu and Saga Muscatali, which is Muscat Blanca Petit Gran. Ferment is by far the most planted grape in Tokai. It's very versatile and it can produce high quality wines from dry to sweet. It's late ripening. It has a slightly thicker skin and needs Tokai's long, sunny growing season to ripen fully. However, even when fully ripe, it maintains very high levels of acidity, which is really important. Ferment is well suited to the production of sweet wines, and that's because it's particularly susceptible to botrytis. So it makes it a vital component in Azu wines, which we're going to talk about. As they ripen, the grapes naturally accumulate high levels of sugar, and they're further concentrated by the action of botrytis, which shrivels those grapes, and also later harvesting. And that's all balanced by high acidity in even the sweetest wines. Dry wines are produced in a range of styles, from those which are intended to be drunk young to more age-worthy examples, and some are often matured in oak. They can be very full-bodied with high levels of alcohol, but with improved viticultural practices, it's now possible to get wines that are ripe and at medium alcohol levels. Single varietal dry wines are increasingly common. Typical flavours of ferment would be lemon, apple and pear. The wines develop notes of honey and nuts as they age, and grapes that have botrytis give those flavours of dried apricot, honey, mango, rye bread that we'll see in most botrytis styles. Haslevelu is the second most planted grape. It produces wines which are slightly fruitier than ferment and has quite a distinctive aroma of white peach and orange blossom, mainly a supporting role in the blends because it gives that perfume, but it's sometimes made as a varietal wine, both dry and sweet. Saga Muscatali or Muscat Blanca Petit Grand is around 9% of the region's vines and gives floral notes in blends with both sweet and dry wines. It does also come as a sweet wine occasionally and a dry wine. So let's talk about winemaking and styles. So the dry wines without botrytis, this category is gaining importance and it allows producers to make wine in years where there is not much noble rot. They can vary from very simple unoaked wine styles that are made to be drunk young, to more age-worthy blends, which are often fermented and matured in new oak. They're usually made from ferment. Another style is Tokai Zamorodny, which means as they come. And these wines are made from the grapes that have been harvested as Zamorodne, and they can be dry, Zaraz, or sweet, Edes. And that depends on the amount of noble rot that's present. By the nature of the harvest, the dry wines will show noble rot characters and they need to be aged in cask for a minimum of one year and be two years old before they're released. So a lot are aged much longer. For much of the history of Tokai, the dry wines were essentially a byproduct and produced, as we said, when Botrytis did not develop. Now there's been a significant move towards dry wines in the 21st century and some very high quality examples are now being produced. Producers are starting to understand the different approach required to produce dry as opposed to sweet wines. So dry wines need healthy grapes with no botrytis. So they're planting their new vineyards on higher and windier sites above that fog zone so they don't get the botrytis and using more open canopies and vine treatments to prevent rot. Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. You can see on the map a good explanation of the Tokai Zamorodny. So it can be dry or sweet depending on the amount of noble rot. It's a Polish word that means as it comes. 
So it's normally made from whole bunches with varying amounts of healthy and botrytized grapes. The sweet style is Edes and the dry style Zaraz, and it depends on the level of ripeness and the level of botrytis. The sweeter style would be the more common, and the minimum residual sugar level is around 45 grams per litre, though most are bottled at around 90 to 110 grams. There was a change in the law in 2016, and the wine needs only be aged in oak for six months. And as a result, a number of producers are placing greater focus on the category. They see it as a more authentic Takai wine than the more recent late harvest style. It's bottled in the same traditional clear 500ml Takai bottle as Azu, and the best Edes wines can be of equivalent quality to Azu, but the style will be slightly fresher. Dry Zamorodny is aged under a thin film of floor yeast. It's much thinner than those yeasts they use in sherry for up to 10 years without topping up. The wine's protected from excessive oxidation and will develop quite nutty and green apple aromas. The next style we need to really look at is the sweet wines, and that's divided into Azu. And the production of Azu starts with a base wine. It's made from healthy grapes. Before, during, or after fermentation, the berries are macerated in the base wine, and that maceration usually lasts from 12 to 60 hours. When the maceration has taken place in must or fermenting must, the juice is drained and the azu paste or berries are pressed. The must is then fermented or continues to ferment to gain the desired balance of sugar and alcohol. Now, some producers use ambient yeast or wild yeast, but others would use cultured yeast because they would see it as being more reliable because, of course, high sugar levels can make fermentation difficult. Both stainless steel tanks and barrels are used. So fermentation may stop naturally, especially at the higher sugar levels, and these wines will be naturally stable. However, many producers producers would stop fermentation by chilling or racking the wine or adding SO2 to avoid the risk of re-fermentation and to control those house styles. Azu wines must be stored for a minimum of 18 months in oak, though some producers prefer longer, often Hungarian oak. Traditionally, wines were matured in the smaller 136-litre barrels known as gonchi. However, most producers are now switching to larger 300 to 500-litre barrels. There's a mixture of new and older oak. They must be bottled in a traditional clear glass Takai bottle. Until 2013, Azu was classified by its level of sweetness using the Petonia scale. So this traditionally counted the number of pickers buckets or hods, putani, of azu berries added to a traditional gonchi barrel of must. But more recently, it's measured by set minimum residual sugar levels with three petonias having the least sugar and six the most. So in 2013, the regulations changed quite significantly and the minimum level of residual sugar was increased to 120 grams per litre, which was equivalent to the previous minimum for five petonias. So wines with lower levels of sugar are now labelled late harvest or Tokai Edes Zamorodny, depending on how they're made. Azu wines can be labelled as five petonias or six petonias, which is above 150 grams residual sugar, but this isn't mandatory. Essentia, this is a style that is extremely rare and very expensive and, and very rarely comes outside of the region. And it's wines made from tiny volume of very syrupy free-run juice that trickles from azu berries. And it's the fact that they use the free-run juice that makes the difference here. Essentia means essence or nectar. The must is so sweet it can take years to ferment. And even after that time, the wines are very low in alcohol usually less than 5% ABV, and the minimum level of residual sugar is 450 grams per litre. This is so sweet, but it's very, very balanced between the high acidity of the grapes, and that keeps the wines fresh. And of course, they can age for a really long time. These wines are very full-bodied, often with the consistency of syrup, with pronounced, highly concentrated flavours. High in acidity, they retain their freshness 
Late harvest style of wines, recently it's a bit of a reaction to the amount of time and investment needed to produce and mature azu wines. The late harvest wines have emerged in a similar way to sweet wines found in other wine producing regions. The difference is with late harvest, no maceration. Late harvest wines are produced with a lower proportion of botrytized grapes normally than for azu wines, and they tend to be lighter bodied and less concentrated. The legal minimum residual sugar level is only 45 grams per litre, though most would be between 90 and 110. Oak ageing is not compulsory, and many wines would spend more time in stainless steel rather than being stored in oak because producers want to emphasise the fruit characteristics. The result is that late harvest wines are ready for release much earlier than azu typically between 12 and 16 months after harvest. When you're thinking about your answer for WSET Level 3 exam questions, please don't forget Takai. It's something that is very often comes up and students probably don't spend as much time on this section as they should. Think about the production areas, Think about the grape varieties and the timing of harvest and how that influences the style of sweet wines. Know the production methods used for dry wines without botrytis, for Tokai Zamorodny. Think about the modern sweet styles as well as the Azu, the Essentia. Think about all of those things. And if you have a good understanding of the styles of wines that are made from those grapes, you'll do really well in the short answer question. Thanks for listening to this episode of Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Italian Wine Academy, offering WSET levels 1, 2, and 3 in English. Visit our website at italianwineacademy.org for more information and sign up today to start your personal adventure in global wine education right here in the heart of Verona. Remember to subscribe and like Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find our entire back catalog of episodes at italianwinepodcast.com. Jean Jean! guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.